Hello, this is episode 157 of the Chattering Classes with Sam Pett, returning for her fourth time, I believe, all the way from South Korea. If you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at chatteringpod at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram at chatteringclassespod. Anyway, let's get to Sam. Oh, it's me again. Uh, just stopping to let us know that just providing a content warning uh, in this episode, we will be discussing the topic of suicide and we understand that subject matter can be distressing and triggering for uh, people. Um, and obviously we want to prioritise wellbeing. So, um, yeah, let's play our incongruous uh, theme music. <laughs> Hello, sir. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm all right. How are you? It's lovely to hear your voice. Hey, always. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, I think it has. I'm just trying to get my video to work. That's okay. Uh-huh. Yay. <laughs> well, there you are. Uh, hey, how you doing? I'm good. It's so cool. It's been, yeah, I had a look. I think it was like... Maybe last year, June, perhaps. Was it really? Yeah, I think so. Damn. Long. Yeah. Anyway, what, what, you been up, time? what have you been up to since then? <laughs> I guess that's what we'll cover today. <laughs> um, what have I been up to? Changing jobs a couple of times. Oh. Um, buying, adopting dogs and bearded <laughs> dragons and... Did you say bearded dragon? Yeah. You've got a beard. Oh, yeah. I think you've seen put photos up, but yeah, let's have a look. Yeah, let me see. Uh, oh, cool tank. Got a little uh, heat lamp in there. Oh, there he is. Yeah, I'll see him. Oh. I got him. Or her. Uh, oh, I don't know how to flip the camera on. No, that's all right. I got him. I saw him. Her. Uh, she's, her? she's massive. She's yeah. really huge. Like as long as my like from the tip of my middle finger right almost up to my well where your t-shirt would end really. Well, what's what's your bearded dragon's name? Her full name is Calliope. Okay. But she's also known as Cali and Caliwali. <laughs> of course, yes. I, I have a <laughs> cat, and we never call by its real name. Um, how long have you had Calliope? She's a great name. Ah, uh, about a year, I think. Right, and how big was? She when you got her, she's doubled in size. So where does one get a bearded dragon? Well, there was a exotic pets place, um, and I used to go there to get. Well, where did we found it by accident? So I wanted to get geckos. Right. So I got geckos, <laughs> and then we would go and visit to get like mealworms and crickets right. for the geckos. Yeah. And I just fell in love with this. Bearded dragon. Fantastic. Um, I was like, Tony, Tony, can I please? Can I? Can I? Because <laughs> the, the, that massive tank that you saw used to have turtles. Oh, right. But um, 
I don't know what happened, something weird. They got like really big. They were but something happened and they both died, sadly. Oh, right. Yeah, So turtles. I, I had the space and <laughs> What else are you going to do? You might as well get a bearded dragon. Well, Tony said, think about it. So we went to like the local kind of supermarket and he was like, do you still want the dragon? I'm like, yeah, I still want the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're better off just calling it a dragon as well. Like, There's no point in saying it's a bearded dragon. You've got a pet dragon. I've got a dragon and she's The mother really of dragon. Yes. <laughs> That's so cool. And uh, how many, you said a number of dogs? How many dogs do you have? I know oh, just one. the one dog. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Do you want to see something kind of gross? Yeah. But, cool, but gross? Yeah. Yep. Hang on. I need two hands. I'll just put you down for a second. Okay. So the dragon and the gecko eat uh, mealworms yep. and crickets. Oh, you've, oh my God. <laughs> It's a bowl of mealworms and, oh, do you see them in an open container? You've got an open container. No, no, no that's, bowl. Why to, that's why I had to put the phone down. Oh, right. So you take the lid off. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, wow. That is, <laughs> I don't know, have you ever, did you ever see The Lost Boys? You know, with Keeper Sutherland. Yes. And that reminds me of that where they make him think he's eating maggots. In a, it's in a Chinese bowl. You've got, him, got them all in. Oh. Yeah, that's. Oh, I haven't seen that for a long time. Yeah, I don't know. When do I show that to my children? I don't know. Mm. I don't know if they'd appreciate the mulleted vampires. Yeah, no, sooner rather than later. I think. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> sure. Yeah, God knows when I watched it. Probably like ten. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, pretty early. All right. So, uh, you've got your, you've got all your pets. How is the dog ownership going? Dog is wonderful. She's just heard that she's being talked about and she's come to say hello. Oh, hello. Oh. She's, she's going well health wise? Yeah, yeah. She's really cool. Yeah. She's learned so much. I think I told you she spent like two years in a cage before yeah. we got her. Yeah. She, she didn't know how to do stairs or anything like that. Oh, my God. But now she is the ruler of this house. <laughs> How does and she the cat get her? still hates her? Right. How does it all work? How does the dog and the cat and and the bearded dragon and the geckos? How do they all get along together? Um, the only problem is the cat and the dog. The the cat absolutely hates her. The cat's like he's eighteen years old now, and wow. he's got Alzheimer's. I'm sure. So I think every day he forgets that there's a dog in the house. <laughs> so we have to keep them separated oh my all God. the time. Because he will go for her. Oh, right. Even though he's old man limping with his arthritis, but if he sees the dog, he's just... He's like, I've got to protect Sam. Every day I wake up, protect Sam. There's a dog in here. I don't know if it's about protection, more about <laughs> just he wants to kill the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just this innate struggle to want to destroy it. Yeah. Oh, so God. that's it, It's kind of, uh, we've got a routine where we have to close the doors so right now the cat is in the kitchen. Oh, He's not God. allowed in the bedroom because he has incontinence problems and he pees on the bed. Yeah. And you don't you don't find out until you're ready and tired. You want to go to bed and it, oh, <laughs> that doesn't smell good. <laughs> oh God. Oh, this this episode's terrible, Sam. We've already had <laughs> bowls of worms and oh incontinent cats. Oh, it could only get better from yeah. here. 
And I didn't want to disappoint. <laughs> no, no. Now I asked her. I asked her in in preparation for this. I, I gave oh. you a topic that we were going to dis- discuss, which I've noted over the years you like posting about, uh, and that is the uh, the the films of Neil Breen. I love him so much. And. Uh, yeah, and so I wanted to ask many questions about it because I've only, I think I've mentioned it today, I've only really seen one of his films and it was a long time ago, but it does live in the mind, the old Double double Down, I think, might have been his debut feature. Yeah, that was his first one, yeah. yeah. So the first question is why, why, why do you like these movies so much? Because uh, from an outside perspective, they are pretty bad. They are absolutely awful. And that's what I love about them. <laughs> yeah. So in, in Double Down, from memory, I, I always remember the, watching it because I'd never seen someone made me sit down and watch this movie. And I just remember the opening of it, he's talking about uh, his whole life and how he's a, the world's greatest hacker. And he even created all the things that he had. Like, it's just the writing is amazing. But it also says... Uh, <laughs> And I've got a I, my the woman that I love I've loved since I was seven years old, and we're getting married, and then literally thirty seconds later, but then the mob killed her. It's like what? Yeah. And that's pretty right. much how the whole movie goes. Yeah, he builds himself up as being I was top of my class. Yeah, I was the world, and now I'm like the top government person. Um, yeah, but then I will he kill goes anyone. Yeah, and he yeah. goes rogue. Yeah, because uh, someone killed his fiance. I don't know. Anyway, but I also don't, remember don't, don't uh, try to his make love. <laughs> no, we don't need to go over the plot, but I do remember uh, an amazing scene of him saying, I just eat tuna out of a can <laughs> while I drive around and just yeah. almost crashing a car because he's literally... You can't eat tuna with one hand. He's got a fork and a can of tuna, and he's driving at the same time. Yeah. Again, baffling the whole thing. But but more importantly, like he's I don't know what he does in his other films. Did he keep his like uh, signature outfit of a vest or a singlet at all times? Pretty much, and um, he repeats yeah. um, a lot of the um, set pieces. So in oh, really? see there's a oh, there's God. a skull like, like a ram skull or something, yep. and that shows up in at least two right, of his right, right. movies. And he uses the same <laughs> actors, he uses the same set places yep. as well, same swimming pool you'll find in a couple of films. So so but do you know much about genius. him? Do you, have you done your have you done the research on like where this guy came from and how did how does he get his money to make? Direct because he directs, edits, stars, casts. He does everything. Yeah, it's all yeah. himself, and he does get people who. I mean, I haven't, but people who just like he's got a cult following now. Of course, so yeah. people who like really bad B movies will actually contribute to his next film. Oh right, well that makes sense. Um, yeah. So if you haven't seen any of the, if you, I'm sure you've heard of like The Room is like the classic example of like the worst, best movie or best, worst movie. But I don't know. These give definitely give them a run for their money. Definitely. They are yeah. way, way better than The Room. 
Yeah. 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 He's got set pieces. He's got a love of uh, stock footage. So wherever he gets like his footage of, I don't know, forest, like in, in Double Down, I believe he uses just a, a helicopter putting out a bushfire. Yes, uh, like out of forest fire, and he just uses that's that's what happened to Las Vegas or something, and yeah, he destroyed there was a big explosion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, here's the same shot again of a yeah, yeah. I just so I, where did when did you find him? When did you find him? How long have you um, been following the works? Do you know it was from another podcast, a British podcast called Man by Cow, and they mentioned right. it. And I just thought, okay, I was hungover and bored, and I just thought, okay, I'll try this. And it's now my go-to if I've got a really bad hangover. I'll just lay on the sofa and watch Neil Breen and laugh. Because he takes it so seriously. That's what I love about it. Yes. He's so serious. And he Mm -hmm. really has a message that he wants to put across, the message of corruption in government and what's wrong with the environment. his message is sound, but his delivery is just so awful. No, no, he's, uh, yeah, and he's just always in a singlet or a vest to show off. Yeah. His... Usually in the desert. Yeah, usually in the desert, showing <laughs> off his usually very usual body. Yeah. Yeah, right. Not his massive guns. He's not Stallone. He doesn't have like these enormous biceps. He's just. I guess yeah. it's, I guess it's like a, um like you can watch it as a, a normal person and go, I could look like that. I look like that with a singlet on. I could right. I could be a movie yeah. star. Yeah. I can be a rogue government employer who's about to destroy <laughs> the world. <laughs> yeah. And then he puts on a vest with all these medals on it at some point and then takes you through these are the medals yes. I've won. And I I'm yeah, that's yes. his history. All of, all of the good ones. Yeah. 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 Oh wow. So do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite if you want to recommend one that everyone that people should see if they want to start with Neil Breen? I'm gonna say the third, I think it's his third one, Fateful Findings is my favorite. Um right. I mean uh, like all of them, there's about five different subplots that actually never make any sense and never go anywhere. But the best thing yeah. about Fateful Findings is he gets hit by a car and he goes to hospital. Yeah. And I mean, immediately the ambulance people come wearing jeans and chef coats <laughs> okay. as paramedics. Yep. Yeah. Rather yep. than they don't have an um, ambulance gurney, they've got a full hospital bed. <laughs> They somehow transport. Well, bring it to the just bring it to the scene of the accident. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, the best, best, best part is he's lying in the hospital and he's got his face bandaged, completely like like almost Phantom of the Opera mask style. Okay, so it's yeah. complete. It's yeah. completely covering his nose and mouth. This bandage, but they've still managed to put an oxygen mask on, upside down. <laughs> Over his covered oh, bandaged face, <laughs> there's no way he can breathe. Oh my god! He's apparently completely this unconscious. This is amazing. Uh, a doctor comes in, randomly. We don't know who she is. She's like, oh, he's not my patient. And she takes his pulse. Says, oh, he's semi comatose. Like, mm, Based on his pulse. Sem- 
uh, based on his pulse and the fact that he's completely mm-hmm. unconscious, but he's only semi conscious. Oh, <laughs> and God. it just gets better and better from there. It's right. absolutely I'm glorious. I'm going to have to check this one out. Yeah. I'm just looking up, I just looked up plot of it, and in the opening line, this won't give anything away, it just says, eight-year-olds Dylan and Leah discover a magical black stone in the woods. With Leah's family departure imminent, the two vow to always be friends but never see each other again. That's what happened in the movie I watched. Yeah, right, right, right. They find a magic stone. <laughs> they start off as kids and they find a magic stone. All right, good. I'm yeah. going to have to do some deep diving here. Yeah. All right. It also says that it's produced. Oh no! I'm just. It just says the release date was December eighth, two thousand and twelve, at a festival, film festival called the Butt Numathon. Okay, no, but I can guess what. It's probably like sit down in a cinema for hours and get a numb butt from uncomfortable cinema seats. Oh my god! This is yeah. I'm deep diving too much. It's 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 created by that the guy who made um, "Ain't It Cool News," Harry Knowles. Oh. We don't talk about it anymore because of his uh, accusation. So he started it from 1999 to 2016. How about that? Hmm. So that's I guess that's what they would show. Weird. I would kind of like to go to so that. They, this just seems like they just show all manner of yeah, all manner of films because it's. Obviously, not just like cult. It just says they show whatever films they want. Um, wow, how weird! Oh, oh, oh! I can also recommend, but I've forgotten the title. But look up. Uh, okay, Peter so this Jackson's... is what they do: live oh. jug band. Oh, sorry. sorry, we had a we had a glitch there, so I stopped talking. Yeah, my it says my internet connection. Hang on, I'm just fixing that. Yep, that's all good. Sorry, you were saying about Peter Jackson. Yeah, check out one of his first ever movies. It's got like mm-hmm. zombies, and it's got one of the best lines I've ever heard from a movie where there, there's loads of zombies, and there's a priest, and he's going around shooting zombies with this yep. massive gun. He's like, I kick ass for the Lord. Yeah, that's brain <laughs> dead, isn't it? I think that's. Funny. Oh, yes, 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 that's the one. Called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's not not quite Neil Breen quality, but it's worth a watch. Yeah, Lisa, you're talking to you're talking to a, a big uh, when it was discovered well, when they announced that he was filming the Lord of the Rings. I mm. was just like, what? The guy that made Bad Taste and Brain Dead uh, is doing Lord of the Rings? What the hell? Just made no right. sense. Right. So, right. Oh. He's he's. Uh, um, I, I've had students who make their own movies, and there's oh. they always they always seem to find about Peter Jackson. And there's a, a fantastic documentary on YouTube that you can watch, which oh, really? is when he made Bad Taste and how he made it, um... and you know how much money he had because he had very little money, and how it took him three four years to make. Just working on weekends, um, and it's—I it, I just find him well, clearly like the amount of success that he's had. To where he came from is just oh, that's literally how you do it. Is you just keep at it 
right. take four years to make one film. And if you've got a bit of talent, it, it finds people. Right. But or you could be Neil Breen and and uh, just, just I don't know, seemingly make the same movie over and over. Yeah. Uh, oh wow. So uh, I was just saying, like at, at the uh um that the Butt Numathon Festival, they used to do things like having shot glasses ugh, shot glasses of caviar and vodka Ew. and the use of electric uh, uh, yeah and the use of electric shocking devices to zap sleeping audience members during the this is this is great during the intentionally terrible 3am viewings of terrible movies uh, apart from the electric device thing i really want to go to that <laughs> Can you imagine? Like I'm gonna, we're gonna watch a terrible movie, but and and if you fall asleep in the terrible movie, then I'm gonna shock you awake. What a weird dude! All right, cool. We've learned a lot. Yeah, that is right. So you've got your favorite. Do you have? Uh, so you've got Fateful Findings. Has he got? What's the latest film he's made? Do you know? Like, oh, yeah, it's Cade something but i haven't seen that one the last one i saw was twisted pair where he plays himself and his twin so it's not content <laughs> oh, with God. just being himself he plays two characters in it twisted pair was right. the last one i saw but there is a new one but it's difficult to find and they're i think expensive. he's he's the same person it's it's the same characters in the in tortured the crossing pair. as in twisted pair yeah so this is what he does, and, and then we'll move on from Neil Breen. Uh, he does uh, director, writer, producer, editor, musical director, director of photography, actor, of course, um, makeup and hair, production manager, set designer, wardrobe, props, lighting design, special effects, stunt coordinator, rigging, special makeup effects, legal accounting administration, craft services, and sound editor. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. he even does that's cater- an auteur, isn't he? Even he even does the catering. He's in control of everything. Yeah, he does the catering on one of them as well. <laughs> I can't believe he does the catering. That's so good. All right. I'm going to have to do a deeper dive on, on this fellow and, and get some more. I suggest everyone else just the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear! All right, so I remember uh, in the summer you posted or something where you ended up in hospital. Yeah, yeah, I had a kind of gastroenteritis type thing going on. Oh, yeah. How did that? I mean, how did you work that one out? Like, how long did you wait before going to hospital? Well. <laughs> This is the thing with Korea. I don't know how it was for you in Japan, but if you're sick in Korea, mm. you can't just call in. So no. I actually managed to drag myself to school. They could see that I'm not well. And then I was literally just like throwing up. I need to go to hospital, guys. Like, I'm not faking it. <laughs> and then God, so yeah. after lots of horrible bodily emissions from both ends I ended yep. up <laughs> in the hospital but Oof. I don't know how it's like Korea is very different from England 
we here we don't have GPs as such. Right. So you you can either go to a, like a main hospital and then tell your symptoms and they'll refer you to whatever department you need to go to. Or yeah. you go to a specific clinic. Right. So you, if you've got like an ENT problem, go to the ENT clinic. If you've got stomach problem, go to the stomach clinic. Um, for me, just the closest one is the main big hospital. So right. That's where I end up going. Uh, yeah, that was that was very very similar in um, Japan. Was the same. Was that I... yeah, you went to the hospital? You went to the hospital. Um, I remember Justine went. I think had to go for some. She had like kidney problems or like pain in her kidney, so they just said go to hospital and then she got there and then they had to tell her and then i know that was when her english i mean her japanese wasn't great so that was always a very right. difficult very difficult yeah. uh situation to have to explain a pain yeah and where it is and what it could be right so how about for you like i know you've been there a while now um but under duress what was that like um it was Kind of straightforward. I knew right. the process. Um, the first time it was just absolute nightmare. You have to go yeah. to the front desk and give your thing, and then they'll tell you where to go. Then you go up to that particular ward, and then you have to go through it all again. And you actually have to pay before you can see a doctor, just for the okay. referral to the ward. Wow. But. And then also I'm a bit sceptical because there was one time I had a, an ear infection and it was making me yep. really dizzy and it was like a kind of like a vertigo kind of experience. So yep. I went to the hospital and they want to do everything they possibly can. So the first thing they wanted to do was an MRI. Like, um, oh, okay. <laughs> um could you not just put like that little light thing down my ear and have a look in there first? <laughs> yeah, jeez. Far out. And Koreans really milk their health insurance. Right. So they're paying health insurance every month. So when they go to the hospital or the doctor, they want drugs and medication regardless, <laughs> even if nothing's wrong. Yeah. And the the best thing is, this is such a funny thing. Um, so I so said the hospital is really close to my house. It's really, really close. And so around the corner from my house is a supermarket, kind of local supermarket place. And you'll see patients who are milking the insurance. They'll be wearing the hospital pajamas and carrying their IV <laughs> fluids with them, going to the supermarket buying soju which is the the local alcohol over here yeah very very yeah. cheap very not good quality and they'll buy a, a bottle of water and in the supermarket empty out the oh bottle of water God. fill it with the soju and then take themselves oh, back to the ward so you're not sick you're just milking <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sick in another way, perhaps. Jeez, that's... Oh, well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Far out. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I, that was very similar. Yeah, Japan, the the same, the healthcare, the um, the insurance you got through your work. They were like, no, no, it's fine. Just go and get these because I'm adjusting. They didn't know what it was. They did scans. They did scans on her kidneys. They gave her a um, um, colonoscopy. <gasps> Ouch. To to see, she had to go in for an operation for the after the colonoscopy. Uh, and then she said, after pretty much after all of it, you know, a doc, no doc said, oh, let's have a look. And was like, I think it's some kind of, uh, I think she had some kind of muscle issue, but she had her kidneys, an MRI and her kidneys and a colonoscopy because no doctor had ever just touched where she was sore and went, oh, yeah, that's just muscular. They're just like, oh, it's probably this. And then they, like you said, let's do that treatment. Let's do this treatment. Oh, the pain's still there. It's probably this. Yeah, she came home. The doctor said, oh, let's press in there. Oh, yeah, that's weird muscular pain. It's just a bit inflamed. Give you some anti-inflammatories. Went away. Right. So that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's just like over the top. That's a good system. Uh, wow, yeah. I like the idea though of go just going and getting on it, having a having a drink while you're in hospital, milking the insurance. That's yeah. pretty good. Yes. All right. So how how long were you, how long were you in hospital for? Um actually they wanted me to stay in. Uh, for like three days because I hadn't been able to hold anything down for ages but yeah. I, I can't I can't do that I've got the pets to take care of I've got still got to go to work <laughs> so you still had to go to work like just having having days off at work yeah I didn't I, I took I took one day and I was in again the next wow yeah all right in your robe we still still in your hospital robe yeah yeah with my iv oh, and my really soju harsh. and my water bottle <laughs> yeah. it's like all right yeah cool so you said um oh, wow that's full on you said you'd change jobs as well yeah so where is this is still teaching or are you still or are you doing something uh, still else, teaching or? but it's it's getting a lot more stressful um I actually sent a rant to Buckland yesterday um, because there's a big problem over here at the moment. <gasps> I just saw a kitty cat. Yes. I he's, thought he's, I saw a pretty cat. <laughs> he did. He's a, he just come in to say hello and now he's, I don't know what he's doing. He probably wants to fight that time of day. Yeah, sorry, he sent a rant to Stu about um, what's happening. Yeah, it's... it's just going to be a little bit serious for a moment, but the, the rise of suicides among Korean teachers is huge. Yeah, I actually um, one of, that was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. I, I read a, a thing last week about that about protests oh, yeah. that were happening with um, Korean teachers. Yeah, yeah. So, it's... yeah, you were saying the rise in in um, suicide is. It's... It's the, it's the parents and the students combined that are making the problem. Yeah. So parents feel entitled 
that right. their students get treated a certain way. The students don't care <laughs> that much anymore. It used to be a very, very respectful position to be. If you're a teacher, you're respected by parents and students. Right. That, that's changing these days. Mm. And so students, like one of the reasons I never taught in England was because of like how bad students can be towards the teachers. Right. Yeah. And threats of violence and things towards teachers. But Korea was was different, but now it's tables are turning. It's like you can't discipline a student without a parent complaining. Right. And the student is failing because they're lazy bastards. Right. But the parents think it's your fault, not their child's fault. Yes. University yes. students are not attending classes and they're failing and then they're begging the teacher to oh up my grade up my grade right but you can't it's becoming really really difficult so i've been in a couple of schools over the last year that were just so stressful right and i as i i need to get out of this it's not fun because i'm not enjoying yeah. teaching but luckily yeah, no. Yeah, I've ended up in a school. I used to work there like seven years ago. I worked at the school, and right. I've gone back to that school. Right, it's much, much happier. So, is that? Do you think that's a, a difference in the way the school is run? Because you know, re, like I said, I read, I was reading about um, the protests that were happening with the teachers who were complaining that the as soon as a parent was complaining, the school com, was caving into whatever the parent demand was the teacher had no yeah. power no autonomy um so they were saying that was that was the real problem was the parents are entitled but the schools are just uh it's they're desperate to keep the as soon as they started talking about parents as clients which is happening here in australia then that's where you get they've they've found that they're having more of an issue of well the parents are entitled and so is that yeah. do you find that school that you're at now has just a bit more structure in place or for handling those problems um to an extent i think part of why this school is better is and this is really really shit of me to say but it's in a better area right i got you so the students do mostly want to learn yeah um so that does make it a lot easier they don't need to be told off as much as in a, yeah. my previous school it was constantly a, just a battle between me and the students to get them to sit down and do yeah. the work um structure wise yeah we get we do get more support definitely yeah. um yeah. so if, if i've got a problem I can ask the the like school manager to come in and help. if I haven't been able to resolve it myself, yeah. she will come in, speak Korean to them, take the kid out that's making the problem, send it back in, usually in tears. Right, but if, right. But if I were the one to scold him to the point that he was in tears, yeah. I would be the problem. Right, yes. But, yeah, there's but, the structure and the hierarchy of who can yeah. discipline the child. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, so uh, it it sounds like, yeah, it sounds, yes, the parents 
complaining is one thing, but yes, the lack of support. Yeah, like you said, the the high rate, especially in younger teachers, um, who are being told, um, well, that you are being watched. You know, and that, yes. he, he he feels comfortable in that position of like, well, we'll just what we're going to do is just watch you at all times. The students are reporting back to the, you know, like you said, the head teachers, and on they're, they're doing all kinds of stuff of like, well, there's been a complaint against you. So one of your students is going to report back to us at the end of the week. Like, how do you teach in that environment? Right, cameras in the classroom. Right. I can't decide if I'm for or against. Well, yeah, who is it monitoring? Like, what what is the outcome there of, like, yeah. is it for to see what the students are doing? Or is, I mean, I don't want a camera in my classroom. No, thank you. Right, right. <laughs> but So I've had that used against me one time. I was paying attention to one student who didn't understand. Yeah. So I was trying to explain it. And at the, what I didn't know was one of the head teachers was watching in the in the staff room on the camera. Oh, and wow. seeing other students messing around on their phone. Yeah. But I can't pay attention to everyone. Like it's, and then they, they came to me and said that I was doing wrong. Yeah. Because I hadn't picked up on the students on their phone. Yeah. But if I hadn't helped the student who didn't understand the lesson, I would also be complained. That's right. You're neglecting that student. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, no, cameras in the classroom. That's, I mean, it just depends, doesn't it? It's like, like I said, it's depending on who they're watching and what the, what's, what is always the follow up to watching your class. That's very uncomfortable. Right. But, but this job is far, it's working much better for you, obviously. So far. (laughs) So so far. Yeah. Right. All right. So, um, do you know other, like you said, it was stressful for yourself to be in that situation with all, all watching. Um, do you do you think it's affecting younger teachers more, or is it just affecting everyone? Um, it depends how seriously you take your job. Yeah. So you get some some foreigners who come out here who just want a year year out, right? And they don't care. No. So they don't take it to heart. They just want their paycheck at the end of each month. And then they'll be gone after a year. Yeah. But the ones, the people that that stay here long term, yeah, we're all feeling it for sure. Right. And you've been there long enough to see that change. Yes. And I has it so. has it been a gradual thing, or are you noticing that just been fairly recently? Um, I would say yeah, it's become a lot more competitive for this for students in general in Korea yeah because of the stress they have to go to university or they've got no future right everyone is attending university but they need to get into the best university or they're not going to succeed so there's a lot of there is a lot of pressure on the students which in turn does put the pressure on us and it didn't used to be quite so competitive right yeah, I, I mean, I remember teaching in Japan, it was the same, was that students would study and do the cram school and do the extra study, not to succeed, really, but to, that was their key, was to get into the university. And right. we were always told getting into the university is much harder 
than being in the university itself. Yes, like, absolutely. The yeah. work you have to do to get to university, once you're there, then it's it's pretty smooth. And a lot right. of those elite universities too already set you up with a job at the end of your degree. They're yes, almost like same. factories for the businesses that, you know, sponsor yeah. courses and things like that. It's very odd uh from our point of view especially when you you know you come from australia or england or wherever where you're like oh okay so getting the university once you're there then you don't really do much you just wait mm-hmm. do yeah. a bit and then you get a job at the end no matter what it's very yeah. um hard to wrap your head around isn't it yeah and i just wanted to uh add something about the protest that you mentioned yeah did, did you know that, that it's actually illegal to protest yeah if you've got a government job right so the public school teachers that were protesting there was like a hundred thousand of them at least they all took sick days that's right yes they had to all take to be able they couldn't actually organize a protest no and you couldn't be paid you can't get paid to pro on right right all right i mean that's even that's happening in australia too like you you can protest, but you need to fill out the required paperwork, which just makes really? no sense. Yeah. So all oh, these people are protesting without the proper permits, and you're like, "What the hell is happening?" That you need to protest by filling out permits, and so the government knows you're protesting, so they can organise trans, you know, kit, shut some roads down, things like that. Uh, so you're not disrupting certain areas. That we can the government can tell you which. If you're going to protest in Sydney, then you have to protest down this street and then down into it's you have to work with the government wow. to, you know, give them show them exactly what you do. That's anyway, that's like the weirdest thing, right? There's there's no irony right. in that. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. right. Illegally protest. You can legally protest, but you can't illegally protest. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be keeping an eye on that very uh very closely with what's happening. But yeah, hopefully you're the day-to-day for you is is um, a bit more settled. And I don't know, hopefully something comes of the protests um, oh, yeah, in the way so. of support of teachers. Uh, yeah. Because I don't know. I don't know who's going to be a teacher in many places if that kind of stuff continues to happen. Right, right. Who's going to want to do into that work environment? Yeah. And then there'll be, that's what's happening in Australia, is like, oh, there's a teacher shortage. Right. Well, we need to offer them. I don't know. We need to get the best people. We need better teachers. Better. Just you know, how are you going to attract more? more? I don't know. They just right. it sort of goes around in circles. Anyway, we could whinge about teaching for days, but we won't. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. That's not why we're here. Anyway, I'm going to let you go. I know it's, it's been fairly rapid, um, but yes, yeah, so I was very happy to to talk to you. We've gone all over the map. We've gone from. We have. Uh, We've gone from some pretty serious social issues to the uh, quality hair. We didn't talk about Neil Breen's hair. It's it's pretty marvelous oh, stuff. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it's very. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how old he is. He's in his sixties now, I'm guessing. Um, I would. He looks like the type of person that, in his first movie and his last movie, he looks pretty much the same. Yeah, he does. He hasn't changed. No, I. Well, I and that makes it sound like he's got. A, he's so useful, but no. When he made films twenty years ago. He looked like he was in his 60s then. It's the Magic Stones that's doing it. (laughs) Oh, beautiful. All right, well, get yourself some Magic Stones along with everything else. And um, thanks thanks for talking to me again, Sam.
It's always a pleasure. Always. And that's it. If I can turn this off. Here we go. Sorry. I'm having a lot of issues technically today. Yeah.